Hello, friends. Today's guest is the guy that I was told is a guy to have on. I recognize him from way back in the day, staying up late watching infomercials. His name is Tony Horton, and he's the inventor of P90X. And he invited us to his home to discuss all the things that are good. And I was blown away. Truly one of the coolest people I've ever met, a genuine rags to riches story. And this guy is so much more than fitness. Uh, I know you guys are going to dig this podcast. I certainly am a huge fan of Tony's now. And we dive into all sorts of topics that go well beyond what we do with our physical bodies. And another way you can help support the show is to leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a rating and tell me one to two ways that the show has helped you out in life. This is something that I find is important. If you personalize this and talk about the things that you've learned that have changed your life, that's going to put you into the running for having your review read out loud on Halloween. And if you're the person I read, you're going to get a free 30-minute Zoom call Q&A with me one-on-one, and we'll dive into anything you want to know. I'll speak and try to answer as many of your questions as possible in that 30-minute span. That's the grand prize. So leave your reviews now, five stars. Tell me what you've learned from the show, and that's going to be awesome. The other way that you can help the show out is by supporting our sponsors. We've got a few really good ones today. Felix Gray, makes some incredible eyewear. They are glasses that filter out 90% of high-energy blue light and eliminate 99% glare coming off your daily barrage of screens. And the average American blasts their eyes for 11 hours of day. It's fucking bananas, but this is the world we live in. We work on a computer. We're checking out social media on our phone. We're watching Netflix at night. It all adds up, and it all takes its toll. And we know how important sleep is. So we got to take care of ourselves and eliminate the barrage from our technologies. We're not going to eliminate cell phones. I'm not going to stop watching TV, but there are ways we can help that. And the beautiful thing about Felix Gray is these are glasses that look fucking cool. The frames are handcrafted from the same high quality materials used in high-end designer frames like organic Italian acetate and German engineered steel. These glasses are available in non-prescription, prescription, and readers, as well as adult and kid sizes. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash Kyle for free shipping and 30 days of risk-free returns or exchanges. That's felixgrayglasses.com slash Kyle, felixgrayglasses.com slash Kyle. Next on the list is our friends at ButcherBox. ButcherBox makes it easy to get high-quality, humanely raised meat that you can trust. Every month, ButcherBox delivers 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild Alaskan salmon directly to your door, and shipping is free. The incredible quality of ButcherBox meats starts with a commitment to humanely raised animals that are never given antibiotics or added hormones. By taking out the middleman and purchasing direct from a collective of ranchers, ButcherBox is able to buy meat at a lower cost and pass those savings on to you. Choose from four curated boxes or customize your own box so you can get exactly what you want and what your family will love. I absolutely fucking love these guys. I've been using them for a while. Each box gives me something that I can dig into. Tonight, we're actually having ButcherBox pork chops along with the chicken breasts. And we've got some sides on our own that we picked up from the old farmer's market. But it's an amazing product, and I don't have to worry about anything. I know I'm going to eat meat at every meal. And I can just check out what I've got left in the freezer, thaw it out, and make a meal out of it. It's phenomenal, it's high quality, and it's affordable. Each box comes with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. I probably go through that a little quicker than most. But, again, high quality and affordable. The meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum-sealed packs. All meat is delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. 
And again, as I said, this is affordable. It's $129 a month, which works out to about less than $6 per meal and shipping is free. And we got a special offer promo code for you right now for two pounds of 100% grass-fed beef free in every box for the life of your subscription, plus $20 off your first box. Go to butcherbox.com Kingsbury or enter promo code Kingsbury at checkout. That's two pounds of 100% grass-fed beef in every box for the life of your subscription, plus 20 bucks off your first box at butcherbox.com slash Kingsbury. Last but not least, we got our homies, Wabe. Wabe makes the best CBD on the planet. They're a 100% organic USDA certified farm out of Colorado, which means you get no solvents, no nasty pesticides and herbicides, only clean product in a full spectrum blend of the best CBD on the planet. And it tastes fantastic. Cinnamon, lemon, unflavored. They've got creams. They've got everything you need from the perspective of CBD. It helps me with sleep. It helps lower my systemic inflammation. So all those old nagging injuries, so all those old nagging injuries don't quite feel as bad as they used to. Go to wave.com slash Kyle. That's W-A-A-Y-B dot com slash Kyle for 10% off all products in the store. And as always, go to onit.com slash Kyle for 10% off all supplements and food products. And when you do so, Check out Total Mitochondria. It's one of my absolute favorite products. It's something that I really wanted to develop when I got here into product development. We've got a number of different amazing supplements involved in one product that are going to help stimulate mitochondrial biogenesis and increase ATP production in the body. That means more cellular energy where you need it. And if you think about it, the most mitochondria that we have are in two places, the heart and the brain. We all want more energy. We all want more cardio. We all want more recovery. And it starts with Total Mitochondria. Get it on it.com slash Kyle. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's show. Without further ado, here's my man, Tony Horton. So here we are. We're talking about Mike. That's right. Just, just the mic Just distance. to be clear. Right. Um, in, in one of four spaces in your house where you work out. Is that right? This is one of them. Yeah, this is the uh, indoor gym. Um, you know, it's been pretty hot lately. It's been in the 90s and, and whatnot. So, you know, we spend more time in here. Uh, we do a lot of cardiovascular stuff in here, but you can, I don't know if you can see with the cameras, there's a pegboard in the I-beam um, and that's a monster. And there's a big old bunch of dumbbells over there and stuff. So, um, and I have this tonal, which is a really fun piece of equipment that I just got that I'm really having some fun with. And we store the plyo boxes in, you know, for example, this afternoon after you guys leave, We'll go from the bike to the Versa climber to the treadmill. We'll hit that heavy bag. We'll go to the, the rower, uh, the skier, and then there's a jump rope that we'll do over there. And it's just five minutes each, and we do go for about an hour, and there's four of us, four today anyway, just to break a sweat. You know, I, I used to get on the Versa climber and treadmill for an hour, like, ugh, you know, bang. That's brutal. I'm not so interested in that anymore. But the variety, you know, that way I, you know, I'm like, the variety's great, heart rate's still up, and that's what this room is for. And then there's three other spaces. There's one where, we have a high bar and a uh, set of rings and parallel bar and a little section. We do sort of gymnastic type things over there. And then down behind the house, there's two areas. One's a ninja course, a covered ninja course, which, you know, if you know what ninja is, you just, you know, it's all going from, you know, obstacle to obstacle with your hands, with rings and craziness, you know. And then there's another area where there's a pegboard, uh, a, a pull-up bar and a big high beam, 17-foot beam and a 17-foot rope to the beam. Uh, and that's kind of our Sunday four-hour ninja thing. <laughs> it sounds like a damn grind. It's, yeah, it is, but it's fun. It's fun, and there's, you know, there's a little bit of competitiveness between me and the, and the boys. And I'm the oldest guy there, man. So it's nice that if I, you know, can kind of beat guys half my age once in a while. And you're how old now? 
I'll be 61 in a couple of weeks. Damn, you look good, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, I avoid the sun. I don't drink alcohol. It's mostly vegetables, hydration, low stress, which is hard for me because I'm I'm genetically built to be really stressed out. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, just following the rules and being consistent with it. Very good. Well, I want to I want to get some backstory on you. What was life like growing up? When did you really start to find fitness as a niche and something that you were interested in? I wasn't an athletic kid. I, I was a two two left feet kind of kid, you know. And uh, um, I wanted to be an athlete. I love tennis. I love golf. I love skiing. I love you know like pickup basketball. I was on the football team in high school, but I was really more of a tackling dummy during the week than a player. <laughs> I didn't really play much. We had a, we had a phenomenal team. We had great athletes. You know, I mean, I think if I was in any other town, I might have played more. But we just had such a great team that I. You was, grew up here. I grew up in Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, my father was uh, was in the military early on. I was uh, I was an army brat. So we moved six times before fifth grade. You know, we moved from Rhode Island to K Kentucky, Fort Knox, Kentucky, which was tank school for my dad. And then to uh, Schofield Barracks in Hawaii, and then Rowait in Connecticut. Um, and then, and then uh, Cumberland, Rhode Island, Syracuse, New York, and then finally in Trumbull, Connecticut. And I was there from fifth grade to 12th grade. Um, and, you know, that's really where I say I'm from. I say I'm from Trumbull. But I was born in Westerly, Rhode Island. So I have kind of two hometowns. But the entire time, you know, I didn't have an athletic bone in my body, really. And I had a speech impediment called cluttering, which was a real pain in the butt. Uh, I haven't heard of cluttering. What is that? Cluttering is really somebody who, it, I think it's based in insecurity. I, I should probably look more into it. But it's just the inability to be able to slow down and say what you want to say. And the words have a tendency to sort of pile up on top of each other. Mm. And um, it's kind of like fast talking. Okay. You know what I mean? And when you're talking that fast, there's a, an occasional stutter or stammer along the way, which made it really hard for me to communicate, obviously. I mean, I wasn't, I was afraid to just open up my mouth and say anything to anybody. And then I, you know, of course, typically, because kids are kids, I became a target. Yeah. You know, and beat up at the bus stop, shoved in the locker, lunch money stolen, you know, just kind of, you know, beat up and pushed around for no reason. Because I was a small kid and I was an insecure kid and I was a shy kid and I had the stuttering thing. And because I moved so much, I didn't really grow up with the same set of kids my yeah. whole life. I had like, you know, oh, I mean, in one town, I think it was Cumberland, Rhode Island. We lived there nine months. I mean, we didn't mm. even live there an entire year. So it was always having to, you know, readapt to new, new, new towns and new schools and new, and new friends and stuff. But um, uh, yeah, so even though I was on, I was on the football team in, in high school, you know, I wouldn't say I was very fit. I didn't know how to train. I didn't know how to, you know, I didn't know the regiment of training of chest and back and shoulders and arms and doing cardio and yoga and all the things that I know now. I, I mean, it didn't exist. And the only place that you would find a gym was on the college campus or at your high school. They weren't on every corner like they are out here in California. You know, then I moved out here and, you know, I discovered World Gym and Goals Gym. And I discovered, you know, a lot of aerobics gyms, which was pretty much all women and yoga classes, which was all women. And I went, well, you know, hey, can dudes go in there? And yeah, well, that's where I'm going, you know, because <laughs> I, mean, you know, I was, was a young man and I wanted to meet a gal and uh, I didn't meet. I met some. I don't think I dated too many. <laughs> it turns out you needed a, you needed an income and you needed a personality. And I was working on those two things. too. So. <laughs> work in progress. Yeah, I was a work in progress for sure, man. And so, yeah, those were the early days, you know, and that was all back in 1980 when I came across the continent with 400 bucks. I mean, $400. I, can't, I couldn't even get to, I don't know, I couldn't even get to Pennsylvania with $400 for gas money these days. But, uh, but it was a wild ride and it was, you know, it's changed my life. I mean, getting that phone call from my buddy from high school, you know, he said, what are you going to do for the summer? 
This was, you know, the summer of 1980. And I was still six credits short at the University of Rhode Island. And I was going to go to Boston and wait tables. That was my big plan. But, <laughs> you know, you want to go to California for the summer? Yes. I mean, it was literally no hesitation. I got in the car, $400, ran out of money in Boulder, Colorado, out. Right? So I was a trained pantomime. Long story. Um, <laughs> because I, I wanted to be a performer, but because I had the speech thing, you know, still not so much in college. I had kind of conquered that to some degree. But I just thought pantomime was a fun way. And I was super animated and I did a lot of really kind of, you know, NC-17 mime. I'll put it at, the, at that, you know, okay. some really irreverent stuff, you know, just with my hands, whatever I was doing, you know. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I pulled out my hat, my mime makeup, and I made $125 in a day and a half in Boulder. And that got me back to California. And it's been a ride ever since. That's incredible. That's definitely not what I was not expecting. Not a true atypical story. Yeah. I don't know which definitely. camera to, you know, Kyle's got like 18 <laughs> cameras here. Is that my A camera? You got no? your camera Okay, right hello. There. I just fell in love. <laughs> you can focus right Good here, though. Good to see you. Nice to see you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you get here and your your, your idea is you're going to spend a summer here, but obviously mm. uh, that all changes. Did you stay here that entire time from then on? I did, man. I did. You know, and there was always uh, my parents like, you got to come home and you got to finish those credits and you got to graduate school and you got to grow up and you got to have a regular normal life. But, you know, and at that time I was a carpenter, I was a painter, I was a plumber, I was a handyman. I was doing mime at the Hermosa Pier or Huntington Pier or in Westwood. Whatever it took, you know, I mean, at times when I ran out of money and I ran out of money and I had asked my parents for money, you know, I go, I, I need uh, $87.37 so I can buy a belt sander so I can build some furniture to sell at the uh, Pier 1, you know, whatever. And they would reluctantly write me these checks. But after a while, they just said, you know, we're done writing checks. Get your butt in a car and come home or get, we'll pay for the flight and send you home. But I refused, you know, I, I would, I would, you know, I would bear down. And I'd, you know, in the middle of summer or whatever it was when I was out of bread and I would put on that, you know, my little out, the black pants, the black vest, the white shirt, the top hat, the, you know, the mime makeup. And I go down to either Westwood or, or Santa Monica Pier when I was here in LA and I would put that hat down and I'd look down at that hat and go, I think that looks like 25 bucks. I'm done. Hmm. And then I'd go to the corner liquor store where I lived. I lived at 220 Bay Street uh, in Santa Monica, not far from the beach. And I'd go in there and I'd buy yogurt and Cheerios and I lived on them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yogurt and Cheerios. But I'm in, you know, I'm 22, 23 and that was my life and it seemed normal and I was in California and, you know, and I'd go to bars and I'd go to the happy hour and, and I, that's how I ate. I'd buy one beer and I'd go to the happy hour and there was always a buffet and that's how mm. I ate my meals. Mm. And I would stick shrimp in my pocket or whatever. You know what I mean? I'd like, you know, <laughs> Line the belt. We're in Cali, man. We're having fun. Who cares? We're broke. You know what I mean? And that whole summer I was living on my on the floor of my buddy's living room on the floor in a sleeping bag. Um, and then I entered a I, I entered a talent show down in, in OC, down in Orange County. And the first prize was 500 bucks. 500 bucks. I came across the country with a hundred with 400 had to do mime to get an extra 25 to get there, 125 to get there. And I won. I won the talent show. Because I would crank up old Beatles music and like some acid jazz and some ELO. Just cranked up the music. And I'd get up there and do my crazy mime stuff. And I won 500 bucks. And at the bar that night, I was talking to the guy who, who won second place. His prize was 250 bucks. And he was some big real estate mogul who just did it for kicks. And he heard my sob story and he gave me his prize money. Damn. 
That's he nice. gave me his prize money. So all of a sudden, I had $750. So I said, Tony, you know, Santa Monica is the place you ought to be. So I loaded up the car and I moved there. And uh, I was able to put down a first month's deposit and a first month's rent with me and two other buddies in a two-bedroom apartment in Hermosa Beach. Zero furniture, zero. No beds, no tables, no chairs, no dining, no silverware, no cups, no saucers, no plates. So we would just go to garage sales and we would walk, we would rummage through alleys. My bed that I slept on for the first nine months in California was a, was a box spring that I found in an, in an alley. Damn. Yeah, man. And the sheets, the sheets, we would go to like, I don't know, TJ Maxx or something and, and get the sheets. You know, uh, those were the days, man. It was just a, it was, you know, hand to mouth, literally surviving. And, you know, and then of course that summer came and went and there was a fall and there was a winter and it was the following year. And, you know, all my, my family's like, come home, come home. And, you know, I just never did. I was on a vacation and I kind of still am. You're doing well on this vacation. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there was some, there was some serendipity and some kismet and whatever that happened, you know, when I started going to these gyms and I got this cool job, uh, working over at 20th Century Fox, um, for a woman by the name of Julia Phillips, her and her partner at that time, this guy Harlan Goodman, were over at Fox trying to make movies. I mean, her claim to fame with her husband at that time was they just did three movies in a row. Um, some I'm sure some folks have heard of. The Sting with Robert Redford and mm -hmm. Paul Newman. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind with Richard yep. Dreyfus, And then Taxi Driver with De Niro. Like, wow. boom, boom, boom. So she had created sort of a name for herself. And I just happened to, you know, I, I, a friend of mine had, the, had a job as their runner, as their PA, a production assistant. And he got another job uh, as a writer for Dolly Parton because we were in Hollywood and that's the kind of stuff that happens. You know what I mean? Oh, I was working for Julia Phillips who made all these movies, but now I have a job writing for Dolly Parton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, there's an opening. What are you going to do? Okay, I don't have to be a mime at the pier anymore. And, uh, you know, at this time I'm working out and uh, taking care of myself and I was starting to work for them and I'm driving all over town, you know, from Culver City to LA to North Hollywood to Hollywood to, to the, to the lot and everything else, delivering scripts and putting in light bulbs and making coffee and feeding the cats. I mean, you know, whatever a PA's job was. And then my boss, one of the bosses, Harlan, you know, and I was getting, I was getting kind of yoked. I was a skinny, scrawny kid when he met me and I had a little bit of a pudge, you know, because I was, I wasn't working out at all. I was in survival mode, right? Purely. Yeah. And he noticed that I was changing because I was going to world gym and I was just eyeballing Schwarzenegger and Ferrigno. Like, what are they doing? Oh my God, 40 sets of chest. Okay, screw it. Like, nah, you know. Every possible angle, flies, incline, decline, flat, dumbbell, strip sets, you know, all right, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, biceps for like a day and a half. All right. You know what I mean? That's how I was training. And I got Harlan in great shape. I was training uh, now in my, in our, uh, in his old employee in my buddy Jonathan's garage. You know, now that he was working for Dolly, he was making big bucks. So he converted his garage to a gym. And I got him in great shape. And then, you know, shortly after that, he, he uh, was walking down the hall of this, a management company called East End Management on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, Harlan was looking all fit, about 40 pounds down. And the other way was, was Tom Petty. Tom Petty looked at Harlan. He said, hey, Harlan, oh, my God, what happened to you? You look fantastic because Harlan's from Gainesville, Florida. This is the best I can do. I'm sorry. And he says, I'm fat and I'm, my wife is fat and I got to get in shape for my tour in four months. So literally the next day, Tom Petty calls my house and my roommate picks up and the phone rings. Hi, it's Tom Petty. I'm looking for Tony Horton. My roommate goes, he looks at me. I was on the couch watching football or something. Dude, 
some guy, I think it's Perpich downstairs, says it's Tom Petty. And I'm going to hang up the phone. It's not Tom Petty. Click. <laughs> <laughs> so the phone ring. Hi, it's Tom Petty. I think we got disconnected. And Bob goes, dude, I think, I think, it's, I think it's Tom Petty, bro. Hello? It's Tom Petty. Harlan Goodman told me to call you. And so I went to Tom's house. He lived in Woodland Hills, this incredible, amazing pad, all gold and platinum records on the root wall. He was smoking a cigarette. I probably shouldn't smoke the cigarettes. But and anyway, I had four months with a guy and he was, you know, he was grossly out of shape. You know what I mean? I had a life cycle. I had to put the thing on on zero tension so he could do it, which was trippy. And I had to hand up, I handed him some 12 pound dumbbells for bench press and his arms went, whoa, you know, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to kill Tom Petty. But four, four months later, he was benching 45 sets of 12, level six on that life cycle. I bought him a heavy bag and we were, he was beating the snot out of that heavy bag. I mean, he was, it was impressive. He, you know, he was a quick, a quick study. Yeah. You know, he understood how important it was. He understood how out of shape he was. And then after that, you know, all of a sudden I had a career keeping rock and rollers alive. I mean, I had Billy Idol after that and Bruce Springsteen. And oh, Tom. shit. Yeah, man. That is so right, bad. mate. Bloody hell, mate. Um, what did you do to Tom Petty, man? He looks fantastic. Can you come to my house and get me in shape? And then he swore a lot too, but he was Tom, he was Billy Idol. So Billy lived up on, uh, uh, up in, up off of Mulholland. I can't say exactly where. I think he still lives there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I saw Billy every day, Monday through Friday for five years. And I got wow. him jacked. I mean, almost to the point where people are like, dude, you're looking too much like Springsteen. Remember when Springsteen was looking really mm-hmm. pretty buff? And then Patty Scalfa, and I started training Patty Scalfa, Bruce's wife, first when they came into town because they were all over the world, you know what I mean? And, uh, and Patty was an amazing lady, really fun to train. And then one night, Bruce was at the Staples Center here in LA when the Lakers used to play there. And uh, I'd show up at the house to train Patty because, you know, I mean, I had really had no two words with Bruce. None really. Like, hey Bruce, hey Tony, how you doing? You know, Bruce like that. And I really hadn't said much to him. And then one day I see Patty in street clothes, and I'm like, oh crap! You know, I came all this way. And she said, hey, do you mind? Um, you mind if you train Bruce today? <laughs> you know. And I've been training Annie Lennox from the Eurythmics, Stephen Stills from Crosby, Stills and Nat, and Nash and Young, Tom Petty, Billy Idol, Sean Connery. You know, submarines don't react well to bullets. <laughs> That's my Sean Connery. Um. You know, so, oh my God, I'm going to train the boss today. The most, I mean, you can see why he's successful because he's the hardest working, nicest, most authentic human being you've ever met in your life. I mean, he really is, he's nicer than you would imagine him to be. Just really, really thoughtful. And he just, he cared about me as much as me, you know, he was like asking me questions about my life. Like what? You know, it's pretty impressive. So yeah, that was a hell of a run, man. You know, at the whole time, I was going to scene study class. I was going to improv class. I was with Second City LA doing, you know, improvisational stuff. And I, had, I gave stand-up comedy a little, a little try. We all know how that turned out, don't we? But, uh, but it thickens your skin. You know what I mean? You get really comfortable in situations like this. Yeah. In front of an audience, in front of a camera. That's, you know, that's, I'm more comfortable than I am, you know, talking to my own wife. Well, I'm kidding. No, don't let Shauna see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just uh, the more you do, the better you get. And same thing with fitness, you know, I mean, I was, I wasn't really going to aerobics classes anymore, but I was, you know, doing some different kind of cardio stuff, going on runs, going to the track, doing, you know, hundreds, two hundreds, four hundreds, half mile runs, really working on that kind of a thing and doing a lot of plyometrics at that time and kind of unbeknownst to me, building the foundation of what was soon to be Power 90 and P90X. Yeah. All right, guys, we just heard Tony Horton talk about the birth 
of P90X, which I think all of us have seen. Uh, We're going to jump back into the episode real quick, but I want to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Indochino. They make custom menswear. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. I've always been of the belief that look good, feel good, perform good. I believed that when I was playing football at ASU. That's why I had all the right socks and pads in the right place, any extra gear and gloves. I just operate a little bit better when I know that I look good and I feel good about what I've got on. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. You get to personalize all the details, including your lapel, lining, and your own monogram. They have hundreds of suit options for all occasions, including work, formal events, and even your own wedding. And dude, it is dope. I went into their location at the Domain in Austin. They have a number of stores that you can go into to get fitted. And then you get to see the fabrics. I mean, they've got plaid suits that are designed, made in wool. You pick the fabric type. You pick the design type. Every detail, and it's custom-fitted for the exact occasion and the exact look that you're going for. I got a custom shirt from these guys. Tobacco was the uh, was the color option in plaid. And I love it. It fits amazing. I wear it all the time. And I'm going back there soon to get me a couple of suits. Most everything in their store is under $400. That means to get the best quality stuff and to have it at an affordable price, you're not going to beat it. You pick the fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. And another cool thing is you can do this all online at Indochino.com, or you can go to your nearest Indochino showroom, and if you enter code word Kyle at checkout, you'll receive $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. That's Indochino.com with promo code Kyle for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more, plus shipping is free. And if you go to a showroom, you can just use code word Kyle there in the showroom for $30 off. And now back to the show. So you have this repertoire that keeps building and building and building among celebrities out here and largely musicians, and you're finding your niche. And at the Mm. same time, you're still working with Fox, 20th Century Fox? No, man. No, No, I didn't have to do that anymore because... You know, at some point, yeah, at some point I realized, okay, well, I was training Harlan and I started training these celebrities and I was training other, like, you know, doctors and lawyers and people that could afford my, my rate, which wasn't even that high at that time. And, um, uh, and yeah, so that became my sole business. And I would still wait tables occasionally if there was a side thing on a weekend or if, I would, if they needed somebody to attend bar, I would still do stuff like that. And, you know, whatever, I just needed income no matter what it was. Uh, but I still had roommates and I was still living in a two bedroom apartment with a view of a convalescent home, you know, where my car got broken into every other Thursday, you know what I mean? It was, it, was, it wasn't, you know, I lived in the same apartment for 21 and a half years, you know, I mean, I just had, and, I, and at that time I was doing a ton of personal development, you know, I was reading every book from Deepak Chopra to Andrew Weil to, to Gary Zukoff to Tony Robbins, you know, I mean, I was really into the personal development thing because there were certain aspects of my life that I had not, you know, everybody's got their kind of life pie, right? You got your finance slice, you got your relationship slice, you've got your purpose slice, you got all these different slices. And some of them were being fulfilled where other ones were completely void. Like I I just, you know, I just couldn't find a relationship that I could stay in for more than 10 minutes. And that had to do with a lot to do with me, you know, and who I was and how I was in those relationships. So I just would go to these seminars on the weekends, you know, down at the airport, always at the airport. Mm, I don't know. I think the gurus are ready to escape in case there's some kind of revolt or something. But, but yeah, and I, I mean, my, if you go look at my library in my office, half of the books are, are, are personal development books, you know, just things I needed to learn about myself to be a better human being. 
And so, you know, in conjunction with doing that and doing the stand-up comedy and doing the scene study and, uh, and all that, you know, I remember one of the, one of the chapters of the, one of the books, uh, at the end of the chapter, there's always a lesson. You're like, you know, go, you know, go do this or go do that or, you know, write this down or how do you feel, what do you, how do you feel about that? Like if you died today, you know, if, uh, and you had to write your own obituary, what would it say about you? That kind of, kind of like, oh, well, <laughs> you're a loser. You haven't accomplished much of anything. And you've trained some celebrities, big deal, dead. You know what I mean? I, you know, and that, that really affected me. And one of them was, you know, I can't even tell you the book of the author, but go out of your way and do something extraordinary for somebody that you don't like or somebody that you're in conflict with. Like do, do like just blow their mind and don't be attached to an outcome because you might not like it. All right, you know, and so I used to play basketball on Saturdays with these attorneys and they were all buddies and I was, and I was kind of an outsider. And one guy in particular, I didn't really get along with very well. And I don't think he liked me either. Um... And I remember him between games complaining about his weight. And, uh, and I thought, go out of your way and do something. So I figured, what the hell? I'll ask this guy if he wants to work out. Because I had a new slot that opened up at 8 o'clock, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And I, you know, who knows? And he said, yeah. And he said, don't you train like Petty and Idol and all these different guys? I didn't even know he knew that, you know? Yeah. And the following Monday, I trained him. And um, uh, we got along really well because we found out we were a lot alike. What a shock, right? And then uh, a year later, he introduced me to... Uh, the now CEO of, of Beachbody. And we did our first project together uh, uh, called uh, Great Body Guaranteed. And um, it did well. And when it comes to infomercials, not an easy thing to do because there's so many people that want to make money like that. At least back in those days, it's even harder now. Um, and the thing blew up and then we did Power 90, then we did P90X and then forget about it, man. You know what I mean? Rest is history. The rest is history, yeah. Yeah. How long do you think you were working out uh, developing your skill set to bring to that, and how much influence did you take along the way from other people? I mean, in terms, obviously, we're always learning from other people. Let me rephrase that: as you started to put this programming together, which really it revolutionized fitness and revolutionized fitness. In, in some a lot respects, of ways. a lot of people think so. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, think about it. I was in my forties when we shot that. I was forty-six when we did P ninety X. I was forty-three when we did Power ninety. You know, I mean, think about that. A lot, a lot of people have success much younger in life. And mine came much later in life. And I started training when I got out here shortly after. I was between, I'd say between the age of 23 and 43. Okay. So, you know, 20 years yeah. of just, you know, doing the grind and, and learning and, and, and training folks at, and seeing what techniques worked. You know, one of the things that I learned early on, it was partly based on who I was as a person. I had a very short attention span, right? So, um, you know, I was like, a, I had ADD, ADHD, LMNOP, NYPD Blue. I had them all. I had all the acronyms known to man. You know what I mean? I couldn't even sit still in church. I was just like, geez, I was always fidgeting. You know what I mean? I don't know what it was. Too much sugar. But um, so, you know, I get bored really easily. So, you know, and then I began to realize that that happens to most people. Like the reason why most people don't get fit and stay that way is because of three things. They get bored, they get injured. Or they stop seeing results or plateau or whatever you want to call it. And so I didn't, I didn't, I knew that as a fact. So I said, okay, what if I just kind of learn about everything? I'll take some martial arts classes. I'll learn about that. You know what I mean? I took, I took some, uh, I did Kempo for about a year. Okay. Um, you know, it's my, that's the extent of it. I mean, I can throw a punch, but I'll probably, you know, I know like within about 14 seconds, you destroy me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I knew the basics. And I knew the basics about resistance and, and, uh, and hypertrophy types of exercises and, and weightlifting. I mean, I was at World Gym for, for a decade, just, you know, spying on, on you know, world-class bodies, the very best yeah. of all time, you know? And, um, 
And, you know, so, you know, whatever areas I, I was lack, lacking in, I thought, I'm going to go, I want to go investigate that and see how that changes me. What happens to a lot of people, they get in this rut of cardio and car cardio and resistance, right? You know, I mean, the industry is still stuck in those two, as far as I'm concerned. And as you're, as a 61 year old, I know the importance of speed, balance and range of motion and variety. And that's basically what P90X is. I mean, there's 12 discs and no two are alike. And they're forcing you to work on your weaknesses as much as your strengths. I mean, I want to provide certain types of exercises that are within people's wheelhouse. So you got your cardio junkies and your yoga junkies. It's like, oh yeah, thank God he's got that in there. And then for those people, oh, there's all this resistance, this chest and back and shoulders and arms and, and, and back and legs and stuff. So we're, we're forcing those people to do things they're not used to doing. But I know, you know, just from the basic research, uh, you know, from exercise science that, you know, the, the more variety you add to your, your stuff, you're going to avoid the boredom injuries and plateaus. Right. And then you got your weightlifting guys and your big dudes that are big, right. But they're not really lean. You know what I mean? The body fat is their subcutaneous body fat is way up there. So they're probably just as vulnerable to heart attack strokes and, and heart disease and hypertension as anybody who's doesn't exercise because they've got, you know, so much extra fat. So we're going to make, we're going to put those guys, you know, make them sweat and throw punches and get down and do some yoga, an hour and a half Hatha flow yoga class. And so that's the reason why we sold, you know, millions and millions of copies and billions and billions of dollars, not billions and billions, but like, I don't know what the number is, 1.4567 billion in sales. Because the thing worked, you know, yeah. based on what I was doing with those celebrities, you know what I mean? Because they had, a, their management was eyeballing me like, hey man, you know, this guy's going on tour. This person's going to be in a film. You know what I mean? You can't screw this thing up, you know? And I made it fun. I made it fun. I told jokes and I was a, I was a human instead of being a drill sergeant or somebody's therapist, you know? Yeah. I remember, it's funny because I think we, before the podcast, we were talking about how your fan base is still largely in the younger category, you know, 25 yeah. to 45. Yeah. And uh, I have, you know, coworkers when I was fighting in the UFC, I had guys that I bounced with and bartended with all along the time I was still fighting, still trying to just make money and pay rent. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of them that were younger than me were like, hey, I'm going to do this beach body thing. or I'm going to do this P90X thing. And I would, I scoffed at it at first. Then I looked it up and I was like, oh no, that's actually perfect for you. Because mm -hmm. I saw that mm -hmm. it was complimentary. You know, right, like right. A, lot, a lot of the time it would be somebody who just, you know, right. they can crank out some weight, but they probably can't last long. They've probably never thrown a punch. They've probably for right. sure never done yoga, you yeah, know, and then yeah. seeing that it would fill in the gaps. Right, right. You know, like that's what leads to injury is the is the, the repetitive stress of doing the same thing over and over again and not having the variety and not working exactly. on mobility and the things that maybe aren't as sexy for a big guy. And for a lady who's really into yoga, it might not be as sexy to deadlift or do kettlebell swings, but like it's still fucking necessary, yes, right? It is. If you want to be a well-rounded person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. And that, that's exactly what that program was. So obviously you talked about a lot of the books in your library um, being so influential on your, your own personal development. What got you into becoming an author and wanting to share what you share now? Well, you know, early on when I, you know, became known, you know, I call myself a C minus celebrity, give or take, you know what I mean? <laughs> where, where, you know, a lot of people will see you and they'll go, yeah, no, anyway, I don't know who that guy is. And there's a lot of that, you know, like Brad Pitt, everybody knows Brad Pitt, right? Um, so I'm one of those guys that's quasi recognizable. And so what happens is a publisher came to me and said, uh, you know, we'd love to, you to, we'd love you to, you know, write a book for us. And the first book was, was, you know, bring it, which was a, not much different than anything else you'd see from a guy like me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, here's some basic tips. Here's how you, here's how you should train via a book as opposed to DVDs or, or any other means. 
and here's what you should eat, which is, you know, not the book that I wanted to write, but that's the first one they let me write. Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, then I wrote my second book, uh, which was a, really a, a video book, which was really popular back in the day where, you know, there's a video and then there's some text and you can get it on your tablet and read it that way. Um, that book was called Crush It. So bring it, crush it. And then I thought, you know, then I go, why don't we do one called Annihilate It? I went, or, dis or, or destroy it or <laughs> beat the living crap out of it. And I went, no, let's get away from the it's. And can I please write the, the book I want to write? So you got this one right here. You can probably see it, the big picture. Because I am where I am as a result of personal development, and I wanted to write a, a personal development-like book uh, uh, based on helping people s figure out the formula so that exercising and eating right became as natural as waking up in the morning and, and driving to work. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't have a purpose plan or accountability. I mean, those are some of the laws, right? Like figure out why you're doing this thing. And if you're doing it before, for an, for an after picture, or you're doing it because you don't want to look good in a wedding dress, I mean, that's all nice. But the reality here is, you know, you might want to look at other things that have more value for you and for your community and for this planet. You know what I mean? So let's look at the big picture as to who you are as an individual and your effect on other people around you, because that's ultimately who you are. I mean, that is your that is going to be your legacy. And is your legacy gonna be somebody who is fat, lazy, angry, and dead before your time? Yeah, no, you know, so I wanted to write a book to say, you know, here are the 11 things that I do on a regular basis that, that help me just be a better human being in general. And the foundation of that is making, you know, decent food choices and moving five to seven days a week and maybe taking some supplements that can help the healing process and whatnot. You know what I mean? And so, like, if you look at purpose, my purpose is partly is to help other people find theirs. But mine is to just have more energy today and sleep better tonight and be more upbeat and optimistic about who I am and, and the things and the tasks that I have to get through throughout the day. I mean, as soon as we're done, I'm going to do, a, you know, an hour-long cardio and I'm going to be miserable for most of it, but I'm going to feel awesome afterward. You know? Yeah. Especially because you guys can see me fidgeting. My, my left knee here is a little bit funky, but I'm going to wrap it up and, you know, put some bomb on there and suck it up and do it. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, that's just it. I mean, I, you know, because I exercise because, you know, every time we, we raise our heart rate, we get our legs and lungs involved, norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, something called brain-derived neurotropic factor occurs inside of our temporal lobe. And you even look at a lot of, a lot of uh, football players that are dealing with CTE or, or uh, hello, uh, hello, football players working with CTE and, um, and guys coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan that have, you know, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress, uh, they're discovering that just oxygenated blood inside of your brain from cardiovascular exercise keeps the devil away, you know, a little bit. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's curious. I've never even thought of it for that. You know, I've, I've played football since I was 10 years old, finished in Arizona state and was a professional fighter. So I've taken my lumps for right, sure. Right, and I've worked right. with a lot of military guys as well. Right. Um, but that is a, a very unique way of looking at that, you know, brain trauma and how you fix that because obviously it, it makes perfect sense. You know, mm. there's a great book by my friend, Dr. Dan Engel called the concussion, concussion repair manual. Oh, wow. And he talks a lot about the science behind hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Right. And the brain, which pretty much saved Joe Namath. I mean, Joe Namath, I don't know how many sessions in a row, 125. I mean, the guy just keeps going. I mean, he was going through alcoholism and all kinds of different things. And he could really find, he could, he was saying that how difficult it was for him to put a sentence together and some of the issues that he was dealing with. And like, you're, you know, I'm curious more. What else did you, did you learn? Yeah, that? but I was just going to say that, 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 of course, you know, like you do um, any type of aerobic exercise, you're going to increase BDNF. And that, of right. course, can right. help 
put at bay a lot of the things that we're seeing now with dementia and all the side totally. effects that happen from that, totally. right? Yeah. That's that's uh, that's really yeah. incredible to look at fitness as a means for cognitive function and oh my, and like you know, some people think that it, brain. It, it's you know it's all connected. Yeah, I learned from John Rady. You know, he's a Harvard professor. Uh, he wrote a, a, a book called Spark. You know, the effects of, of physical fitness on the brain and how we look at the world. You know, you know, cognition, memory, attitude, sex drive. I mean, there's so much that goes on. And BDNF, he's, a, he's at Harvard. He's a Harvard guy. Okay, yeah. we'll link to that book in the show notes, and of course, your books yeah, as well. Yeah, great, cool. So, sorry, keep going. I didn't mean to cut no, you off. I don't know where was I. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, maybe I need to do some guy. jumping jacks to remember who, what the hell, what the hell <laughs> I was talking about. Uh, yeah, but Rady's book Spark was really it for me because I, I was not a cardio guy. I didn't really like cardio. Like going for a run was like eating shards of glass. You know, I just was not into it, and and I'm still not. You know, that's the reason why there's so many machines in here is because at least keeps me keeps me curious throughout the process of the, of the workout. Um, but I do know who I am as a result of it and who I am as, a, you know, I'm just an ornery uh, guy if I don't, you know. I like pushing and pulling, man. I love moving weight and I love climbing things and, uh, and doing, you know, crazy push-ups on med balls and things. That, I love those kind of, you know, proprioceptive challenges, um, things that people might half my age can't even physically do. I love to be able to do those kind of things. But again, like I write in the book and like I talk about, you know, like, like, like it was in P90X or a lot of the new workouts I'm doing with Gaim, you know, uh, the next level workouts are the same thing. They're just exercises that force people to work on everything. And when you do that and you're working your heart, lungs, legs, and your entire body, and you're working on your flexibility and your, and your balance, because balance is going to go too. It goes because we don't work on it, Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, because balance it requires patience, you know, but patience is a virtue. And if you want to be virtuous, then freaking stand on one leg for a little while and, and line while you're at the bank or whatever it takes. You know what I mean? I have to go to yoga class for that, but I have a slack line out in the backyard and I do a lot of, you know, it's called proprioceptive fitness, which is like just your body adapting to uh, an unstable surface or situation, you know? And so um, it just keeps you young. I mean, that's the fountain of youth. Um, uh, Cause there's a lot of people who are just doing cardio. They can't, you know, go, uh oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to pull myself up over that thing if I need to, or, you know, uh, you know, the elevator, the escalator goes out at the airport and you got two heavy bags. Oops. You know what I mean? You just want to be life ready. Yeah. You want to be life ready and things are going to change on a dime. And so when you train that way, then nothing, there, there aren't obstacles just become kind of a fun little thing to deal with. Yeah. You don't want to be a liability in life. Yeah. If shit hits the right? fan in any given situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we, up. Uh, you're extremely successful. We're here in your home right now. It's absolutely gorgeous. You accomplish everything from maybe not nothing, but very little. And yeah. here you are now. What what do you do now? You talked about a little bit about starting a supplement company or working with one. Like where do you go when you've when you've done what you have done? What's what's uh, important to you these days? I just like staying busy. You know what I mean? I'm, I like being lazy. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of doing nothing. And any chance I get. Like today, for example, I'm not going to lie to you because what do I care? Um, I didn't have anything scheduled till noon today. So I didn't, I didn't set the alarm and I lay there until I didn't want to get up, which was 9.30, 9.30. And I went to bed at midnight because I went, oh, at night, I'm just going to, you know, I mean, I woke up at my usual, you know, 6.45 or 7, dang. And, you know, my, my knee is jacked up right now. I was super sore because when I, I shot this thing yesterday, we're down at the beach and I'm climbing, you know, 25 foot ropes and, you know, demonstrating all these exercises, trying to make everything look look all pretty. Can you do it again? Can you do it again? Can you do one more take? Can we get this angle? 
you know, and the, here you are on camera. Somehow I, I managed to perform on camera better than any other time, oddly enough. And I'm just jacked from all that. So I thought, you know, I'm just gonna need more downtime. And if you look at a lot of professional athletes, they get their 10 hours in, man, you know? So I thought, all right, that's tonight. And I feel great today, except for my knee, but that's life. Um, but the cool thing is, you know, uh, my, my, my relationship with Beachbody has shifted. I'm more of an ambassador for the company now than I was before. Their philosophy about what they want to do is changing. Um, and it's not, it's changing in a direction that, that doesn't involve me okay. <laughs> as much. You know what I mean? And that's perfectly fine. They get to do what they want to do with the way they want to do it. It's an amazing organization. They've done so much for so many people. And look at the millions of lives that, that they've affected. But the cool thing about, about Golden Hippo, which is a supplement company, or they're the company that's going to distribute the, the supplements, they're allowing me to build my own brand for supplements, which I never got to do with Beachbody, which is, which is really amazing, you know? Like, what do you want in there? What do you want to do? Who do you want to, what do you want the color to be? What do you want the fonts to be? Like, I'm part of the creative process. Uh, where before, I was just a guy that would show up and hit, the, hit my mark. I had some say, like when it came to P90X and how many workouts and what it should be, they let me do that. They were very, you know, they were very generous with how I should do that because I, you know, knew what I was doing. But, um, and same thing with the new workouts with, with, with Gaim, you know, yoga, uh, yoga and uh, fit TV. How long do you want your warmups? Whatever. What do you want to call them? Whatever. How long do you want your cool downs? Great. What kind of programs do you want to do? What do you want to call them? I want to call one workout, my three sons. Fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's really nice to have a lot of say and they really trust me. And uh, by the time this airs, I think, more and more people have access to the to the to the called next level to workouts. We've shot eight as of this moment. Eight are in the can. Eight are available. If you have Comcast, Cox, um, or Vios, Verizon, you can get them. But not not everybody has that way of accessing the workouts. But uh, I can't even say it because I don't even know. But I'm pretty sure by the time this airs. They'll be streaming. They'll be on uh, Spectrum. They'll be on, on DirecTV. Okay. So everybody will be able to have them. Uh, secondly, I'm working with my friend Chris Fisher, Chris Fisher at Outfit. And we're going to be slapping my Tony Horton Fitness logo on about 10 pieces of fitness equipment. Bench presses, slam balls, med balls, stability balls, jump ropes, uh, a pull-up tower, a really nice, cool, stable pull-up tower that you can have in your home. Um, you know, because... Uh, um, it was kind of time, you know, I'm not going to be a bricks and mortar guy. I'm not going to open up gyms. It's just too much of a pain in the butt, man. I just, I'm not, I don't have that in me. You know what I mean? I, I it's, uh, you know, signing checks and managing and, you know, checking to see. It's just not necessary these days. Not necessary. Know? I mean, you don't need it. You can do the stuff yeah. in your home. Right. So, um, and then I'm still doing a lot of, um, I'm doing some really great work with John Maxwell. You know, he's a, he's written over a hundred books. He's one of the top personal development coaches in the world. And he and my friend, uh, Tracy Morrow, and I are working on sort of a health and wellness program for his organization, okay. which is really exciting because they've been focusing on being successful, but a lot of the folks within the organization aren't as fit and healthy and eating as, as well as they should be. So we're going to do that for them. And also working for Kroger grocery stores okay. to do basically the same thing. I mean, they've got 500,000 employees and they just, what's really amazing is a, a grocery chain as massive as that is really wanting to look out for their, for their, for not only for their employees but also their customers so they're hoping that trickles down to everybody which is outstanding you know what i mean so um i'm busy <laughs> good busy I'm good busy though doing stuff i love well, i really appreciate you carving out a lot of time of your day for us to come in here and interview you 
Come on. Excellent. Excellent. My pleasure, man. Where can people find you online and where can people uh, purchase some of your products? Well, you know, if you go to TonyHortonLife.com, everything's there. It'll tell you what my Instagram is, my Facebook, my Twitter, all those different things. Uh, And, you know, last but not least, uh, important to let everybody know that, um, you know, I've got these Paragon vents right here in my home. So you'll be in this garage, uh, garage, it used to be a garage. Now it's an actual gym. But you'll be in this space working out with me and you'll be at one of the three other spots working out with me. And we had our first ever Paragon experience here at my home, 24 people from around the world, a couple from Kuwait showed up. Uh, it's a very intimate thing, you know what I mean? And so we have a lot of, a lot of speakers, including myself. Uh, we do yoga, we do stuff in the pool, we do obstacle courses, ninja courses, we go trail running. And then we do these fun little outings. Uh, we were able to go to the Soho house and see a... Uh, uh, see this movie Maru with Jimmy Chin. Uh, and so, you know, it's just a really unique experience. Um, and that was March. August is already sold out, but this will probably air after August. So um, the next one's November. Okay. So if you air this before November, there might be a few slots left. And then we're going to do three more next year too in 2020. Very cool. The Paragon Experience. All of that at TonyHortonLife.com. Amazing, brother. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, dude. Hell yeah. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to today's show with Tony Horton. Remember, leave us a review. Tell me what you learned, and I might pick you for a free 30-minute Zoom call to have all your questions answered. Other than that, onit.com slash Kyle. Check out Total Mitochondria for 10% off and any other supplement or food product that you want. You'll get the discount. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love you all.